this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Um, that one that's, you know, like on the heels, heels, the tails, whatever. This one has a title and we're totally going to, it's going to be a good one, but it's a surprise. Surprise title. Well, you know it. The listener knows it. We don't know it yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You all know what this episode is. Yeah. So let's just do a quick kind of catch up. So if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Ned. I'm Meg. I'm frustrated. Yeah, Meg's frustrated. Um, so this is our podcast. Uh, we've I don't know what number this is, but we're definitely getting up there. We've been doing this for six months, so since the beginning of Yay. December of last year, 2019. Um, we've got uh, a ton of podcasts out now. We've done one every week, so that's great. Um, we've started doing short podcasts on Thursdays, which are not um, those aren't guaranteed. Like, there's no guarantees. But our goal is to do one every week, which is what we release on Mondays. And that's like a full feature length, like hour long, roughly hour, hour and a half, depending on where we get to. Um, And then on Thursdays, that's kind of our um, thoughts and ideas day that we can kind of jump short, dump, dump out short podcasts like uh, sporadically as we feel. Um, Although currently we've got quite a few in the queue and they are um, so currently there's gonna there will be one every thursday but i don't know how long we will sustain that for or if that will what that will morph into um, until we get tired or bored or think of something different yeah exactly right <laughs> um yeah and uh and it's interesting um i wanted to actually talk about the design of this podcast and all of the things that have gone into it a little bit um yeah with you and i thought topic. well we might as well do it on air because i've been um, looking into things. So one of the things uh, when you, uh, I, I think people don't realize with podcasts, if you, if you've never thought about it or you've been considering doing it or you have your own, um, we'll just, I'll just kind of quickly like gloss over all of the like sort of weird details. So one of the things is that <laughs> it's self-hosted. So this isn't like if I record music and then I produce an album and then I submit that album to say like uh, a, an online digital distributor like iTunes or Google Play or um, Spotify or something where they host the actual audio files and they kind of handle a lot of that. This mm-hmm. uh, podcasts are kind of a weird area where we host it. We create a feed that feeds out the um, and links to the audio files. And then we submit that to a directory like iTunes or Google Play where what they do is they all they do is basically list it but then when the users actually listen to it they're typically directly connecting to our server or if i pay for you know a podcasting hosting service then that service um and so because of that there's like i have a hundred percent control over the content i can go back and modify episodes and make edits to them and change them. And so one of the things I, I did recently was go back and make sure that all of the intro sound was properly added and correct um, 
to some of the shorts that we've been releasing. And so, and I can do that retroactively. And weirdly, like we can post an episode and say it's 16 years old if we want to, or 30 or a hundred years old. There's nothing, there's nothing enforced about, um, the podcast listing directories, they just read the feed and report what the feed is to the end user. And so if we wanted to, we could have all of our, we could just say, Oh, we've been around for years for like 20 years and just have all yeah. of our episodes be like backdated way back. Backdated. Yeah. Um, is there some like weird metadata thing that we would like, if somebody dug into it, they'd be like, that was recorded on June 13th, 2020. Yeah. I mean, there are ways to, um, there's like the internet archive, like the Wayback machine would obviously, report that our website fcbm.io um doesn't go back that far there would be i mean it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be like we could falsify like court evidence if someone wanted to do any digging it wouldn't hold up as far as that goes well if um, we can't falsify court evidence i'm out then what's the point right <laughs> forget it if i can't use this as an alibi what are we then doing what's the point for? of this i uh, thought the whole the whole goal of this was falsifying court documentation <laughs> right exactly <laughs> We've been working so hard towards that goal this whole time. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like the long, <laughs> the long con. Um, the long con, yeah. Yeah, and then right in order to uh, make a lot of money, obviously. However, one does that when one falsifies a podcast release date and then goes to court somehow and is involved in that and then lies to the court with false evidence of your podcast date. Right. Um, my personal, my personal aspirations um, with regard to this project are to become. Um, a super famous bossy person so that I can tell everybody what to think. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I can take them all to court when they disagree <laughs> with me. And then I'll falsify court documents. And yeah. That's awesome. That's my goal. That's, That's your goal. My... Life goals. Oh, the camera, the camera's point is weird. So you were looking at like the top two inches of my head. Yeah, I was basically just checking out okay. your, the top of the, the headphone That's arc over here. I'm trying to sort of like stay up and away from all of the fans that are blowing air around in this house. It sounds fine so far on this end. Um, And I'm assuming your recording is is coming in pretty clearly. So I hope so. This is a pretty funny scene to me. I want to just describe it for the listeners. Like we're doing video chat and usually we sit at a desk um, like across from each other and we have like two feet away from each other. Yeah. And like we have our, you know, we have our like notes in front of us and then we have like our microphone stands. And so it's just kind of, it's a very like classic, like when you look at the other people doing podcasts, like we kind of emulated that. But today I'm looking at the video um, and Meg is standing around in her living room, holding a microphone, like a fucking rock star, um, (laughs) like pacing back and forth, like, Chatting at me. It's well, I also have like my so I have a like a love hate relationship with parts of my anatomy, including my left sacroiliac joint. And <laughs> when I um, if I sit for too long or if I like stand in one place, I tend to hold weird posture that I just have gotten used to standing. Like I get repetitive stress. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like, while we're doing this, I'm trying to like move around and keep my range of motion open because I can feel my hip tightening up. Uh-huh. And whenever that happens, it like tightens up my spine and then like in a chain reaction, it pulls on my ribs. So my ribs come out of joint. Uh-huh. And it's just like a fucking psychotic mess. And if I go three or four days without stretching, it's, I'm fine. But then on like the fifth or so day, it's just like, oh God, my range of movement gets really bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have to keep it up. I guess this is what getting old is all about. So I'm trying not to stand motionless because when I do that, I ignore the discomfort from it. I just get used to it. And then yeah. I inevitably hyperextend 
like a joint or something that's overstretched or I put too much pressure on something that's not meant to be a load bearing anatomical structure. Right. <laughs> and then like, like when I was laying down yesterday and we were doing this, I was, I had, I was laying down on the bed and I had my elbows propping me up and that just like made my shoulders squish up all crazy. And I think part of how I was laying down led to my SI joint being all fucked up. Gotcha. So this is what recording a podcast is like here. Woo. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Um, I also was going to, uh, when we were talking about the falsifying court documents or whatever evidence for court, um, my mind lately, I, I like in the last, like say four or five years, for some reason it's, it has this personality joke that it like, it like, it's this dad joke that it likes to tell (laughs) to me, like not to anybody else, but it's like, whenever I say something, where we're kind of joking about doing something that would clearly be like a terrible <laughs> idea um, yeah. or like, Oh, like if anybody ever hears this, we're totally going to get screwed and get in trouble. My mind does this <laughs> thing where it's like, like as soon as I was like, yeah, like we could just falsify co- court evidence or whatever. And then my brain was like, flash forward five years, I'm sitting in yes! jail and I'm w- sitting here being like, man, I never should have recorded that on the podcast. Like that's the kind of like, like it's just, it does that to me all the time. Like at least once or twice a month, I'll be like, Oh, that would be a dumb idea. And then my brain's like, yep. Flash forward six years. There you are sitting in jail because you decided to do this stupid thing. You're in jail because you couldn't not tell a bad joke. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I have the same worry. I have, I have this like terrible compulsion to say horrible things to people and not like, not horrible as in accurate and reflective of bad things about that person. Like not outing anybody. Yeah. Just like weird shit out of left field. Like, um, Oh, of course now I can't think of anything. Like one of my ex-boyfriends said something to me and like totally non sequitur. I was like, well, that's why I stopped taking my birth control pills like three months ago. <laughs> and the look at his face is like sheer terror. Uh-huh. And it's like, I thought that would be funny because I thought he would know me well enough to realize that there's absolutely no way in hell you're prying my fucking birth control pills out of my hand. I'm taking them every day. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and therefore it was like so obviously not something I would do that it would be funny. Right. <laughs> but right. It was not right. Funny. He did not think it was funny. Um, that's so funny. I, that's I funny to me. Bad. I probably would have laughed pretty hard if I were there. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the podcast thing, uh, it's really interesting to me that that is kind of the nature of it. It's sort of, and the really interesting thing is that, um, I, we don't even need things like iTunes or Google Play or other, or Spotify or any of the other like major, um, like Stitcher podcast listing services because you can listen to our podcast. A, you can listen to it directly through the website because we have a like a web player. But um, FCBM.io stands for Feature Creep Built in Microwave. Yeah. IO. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what does IO mean? Uh, well, traditionally, IO is like input output, um, which is kind of a like an IO port was a kind of an old, old computer term. Um, I forget mm-hmm. they recently released the that domain that top level domain and um, I bought it because apparently it's the new hot thing um, lots of websites like it mostly I bought it because it's mm-hmm. just a two-letter domain um, top level domain which makes it even easier to remember the website it's really easy yeah. to just do fcbm.io um, 
where was I going with this? Oh, the okay, thing so, about yeah, yeah, that's that's we got our website name and then we got the .io trailer. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so the thing about um, self-hosting podcasts is that it's really like we're not dependent on any other infrastructure to continue right. to produce and output this, and there's nobody who has any control over what we. Um, I mean, beyond kind of like regional laws and and the various governments that can can have occasionally enforce things on the internet, um, mm-hmm. we're not, you know, I mean, we're not basically sitting here like promoting child porn or doing anything else that's obviously like terrible for humanity. I mean, someone right. might argue that you know our 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 promotion of we're not even particularly promoting abortion or something that's con- like particularly <laughs> controversial but we're definitely yeah. uh pro-choice there's no question there so there goes half our yeah. audience right um right that's fine that's fine yeah fuck you guys half the audience that doesn't want to agree with us on that issue i yeah um, but my point being is that i just find it fascinating that we have so much control over our um our platform which is kind of great and so it yeah. is a really cool platform um for that and uh Anyway, I just kind of wanted to share those those thoughts and ideas, yeah. and um, I think it's this been... is like I own seven domains, and this is the eighth one, but it's shared with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we. I was just thinking I... about how I ha- haven't purchased an irrational Google domain name lately, and I had the itch the other day, and I was like, "No, no, you need a job first. Yeah, I actually, I really. Um, I think I like that we share this one and I think that's um I think that's pretty cool because it's kind of the first domain that um I've owned that is like oh hey there's a thing going on over here like I've got regular content I want to provide for it yeah I bought uh oh I'm sidetracking you well that's, that's kind fine. of like our Side-tracking. whole idea <laughs> I was just like I I forgot that I had purchased two separate um website or web addresses that like are essentially just me being mad at a private business in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. Um, a spite site? Just a like, spite site. It's so Larry David. I bought it for the spite. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have fuckurbangrove.com and uh-huh. fuckurbangrove.org. <laughs> yeah. And that's because of some developers in Minneapolis, right? Yes. Some really, really, really unscrupulous, super shitty... Um, real estate developers had a long battle to acquire a piece of land that was privately held on the border of Minneapolis and St. Anthony. And it um, was a trailer park that had permanent trailer homes in it. And then um, also had spaces for people who wanted to park their RVs. And in fact, um, one of the reasons that we were excited about moving into the RV is that it, when we came back to Minneapolis after going on big, long roundabout road trips and coming home, we had a trailer park that we could park the RV in like less than a mile from my actual house, my brick and mortar house that I own. Yeah. And um, they closed the park right after the summer, right after we moved into the RV. And so we've basically been exiled. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. nowhere for us to park our RV back in Minneapolis. And so it's been in Yuma this whole time. Uh, well, not the whole time, but a good chunk of the time. And that's where I am right now. But um, this Lowry Grove business is uh, they basically were able to convince the city of St. Anthony to sell them this park. And uh, it was privately owned. And then the owner died and his kids were like, fuck it. I want some money or whatever dumb, uh, unempathetic thing they decided. Uh-huh. And they they agreed to the private sale to 
this company and this real estate company and the city of St. Anthony was like, fine, go for it. Um, they evicted everyone who lived in the park, including some people who had been there for 20 or 30 years. Uh. One person committed suicide because they didn't have anywhere to go. The rents that they were paying or, you know, if they owned their trailer, the park rent was extraordinarily low. I mean, oh. it was it was one of the last bastions of affordable living in Minneapolis. Yeah. And so um, like the fact that somebody would rather die than live somewhere else is kind of telling to me. And anyway, um, a lot yeah. of people moved out. It was a very protracted legal battle for several years. There, the residents all wanted to form a co-op and buy it. Like anyway, it was, it just dragged out forever. And it was super clear that the real estate company was just being shitty and uh -huh. the people in the park were trying to like maintain their livelihood. Anyway, um, awful. As soon as the park was shut down, everybody was kicked out. They put up all these big chain link fences. The developers came in. They're like, woo, going to build some shit. And the city of St. Anthony was like, well, we don't like your designs for any of that stuff because it has to include spaces for low income housing and stuff. And the builders were like, what? And the city of St. Anthony is like, we don't like your plan. And so the city of St. Anthony in some ways is just as at fault as the contractor or the this company is because in my view yeah because the city of st anthony agreed to allow this real estate company who they knew like the real estate company was real upfront about what their plans were they were like right. we're going to destroy this and maximize the amount of dollars per square footage we can get off of this land and after the city of st anthony was like yeah that sounds copacetic this real estate company shitty or not goes and St. Anthony essentially reneges on their deal with this developer and blocks the developer from developing what they wanted to buy the land for anyway. So then the land sat unused until now. And that was like four years ago. So somebody killed themselves over this. A bunch of people lost their like multi um, decades long homes. There was an actual community, a well-established community of people that has been utterly destroyed. And now the real estate company is turning it back into a trailer park because it's the only thing the city of St. Anthony will let them do, except there will no be not be any RV spaces and no one will be allowed to live there unless they buy one of the pre-built manufactured homes offered by this real estate company that clock in at $80,000 a piece. They're made out of cardboard. Uh -huh. Don't buy them. Don't buy pre-manufactured homes. They are a scam. And so the only way you can get in is to buy one of their $80,000 houses, get a mortgage on it, you know, right. like get a mortgage. Um, and then but I mean, the if it's a trailer piece, park, you don't even own the trailer park. You don't even own the land. Guess how much the rent on the land is every month. How much? Eight fucking hundred dollars. Jesus. That's so fucked. my house, just for reference, my yeah. brick and mortar, 1100 square foot finished home yeah. with a basement in it was less cost me less to get a mortgage for it than one of those manufactured houses. And my mortgage every month is less than the rent that you would pay on a lot in that. That just seems park. insane. So all of this was basically to flush a bunch of poor people out and replace all of them with better uh, situated people and force all of those financially better situated people to cough up 80 grand for a fucking house. It's so And then $800 a month. $800 a month in lot fees. And you have a mortgage on that $80,000 house. Now, my mortgage every month, and I've refinanced it once since I got it, yeah. is around $715 after I pay the bill. Yeah. So that's almost $100 less than just the lot fees 
per month to rent which are gone like you're not reinvesting it's not like you're paying eight hundred dollars on a mortgage you're paying that money is just gone not that anyway the housing in the u.s and the whole the whole thing about rent and mortgages and all of that is a really fucked up industry um yeah it's super bad. And this Lowry Grove company, like I looked at their website. So Lowry Grove was the name of the trailer park. Yeah. Um, and now it's called Urban Grove because they just renamed it and slapped a coat of paint on it and made somebody kill themselves over it. Um, and like what, I, what ends up being told is this story, you know, is a, it's basically like the city of St. Anthony ganged up with this fucking murderous real estate company in oh, order to God. kick everybody out and raise the rent on a bunch of shit. And St. Anthony is an interesting place because um, it's a very small town. It's the oldest town in Minnesota, basically. I mean, yeah. it's this tiny little incorporated village. It's the village of St. Anthony. It's not even an incorporated town. And the village of St. Anthony has, if I'm not mistaken, like the highest median home values in the city or in the state of Minnesota. Uh-huh. It's this weird tiny little pocket of like really wealthy people who have very modest homes but like pour all kinds of money and energy into them so they're worth fuck tons and right and then also if you maintain a neighborhood like that and you just drive up the housing cost it's like artificially inflated um yes yeah i i get so there's all kinds of like really there's no way to look at this and be like oh i can see how you made an improvement this is in no way shape or form no matter what rubric you use no matter what metrics you use this is not an improvement in anybody's life right right except this fucking real estate company and they're pissed off too like they're pissed off too because they expected and were very upfront about their expectation that they were going to build some condos there and make a fuck ton of money and then the city of St. Anthony is like, <laughs> just kidding. And it's like, you fucking assholes are ruining the whole neighborhood. So uh, that's why I bought Urban, fuck yeah. Urban Grove and, and fuck whatever.com and .org. Because at some point, my goal when I'm a resident of the city again is, um, you know, just to like put that up there and be like, just so you know. Yeah, right. This group of people over here in your neighborhood did this. Here is the long and very well-documented history of a bunch of people fucking over some poor people. Yeah. And I can say that because I'm a tax-paying resident of the neighboring city. Right. I hate them. So anyway. So domain uh, names. Domain names. I also have goodintentionspaving.org. I think that one's great. We're definitely going to have to develop that at some point disasters.com disasters yeah so yeah like our website is like the thing that we share and then our website eventually will be connected to other websites that we both have with like tentacles and stuff so we can have our art cvs and like our professional cvs and like all of our things all hyperlinked together yes a veritable self-controlled domain of uh of exciting exciting things the realm it'll be the realm the realm the guest of the realm. Yeah, we need to. We need to sign up some more guests for. Uh, we do need more guests. Come be a guest on our podcast. It's really easy. I so, mean, I just struggled with my microphone for like two hours, so it's actually not that easy. But it's really easy. Normally and fun. Yeah. Normally. I think um, uh, my friend Chris, he's been on our podcast before. He yeah. uh, will probably will probably be able to record a podcast with him shortly. Um, oh, fun! Did you talk to him about it? I did. I talked to him about it, and he said he was definitely on board. So. Um, I was working with him on getting something set up for him to do recording at home. Um, and yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. So I just kind of like, that's, that's kind of what's going on with us. Like we don't have, um, you know, we're still everybody, we're still kind of sheltering in place. Um, I'm not 
not like entertaining guests or anything and I haven't been going to any parties. Um, no parties, no guests. Yeah. I mean, until I mean, they, until they get the testing sorted out that, you know, we'll probably not, you know, be able to do much until then. Um, right. So we keep kind of going forward, doing art, trying to get, you know, work on projects, keep things moving forward, keep our spirits up. Um, uh farting like art I, I feel like i had some other things to say um um oh about how we make our website oh we yeah so yeah so the fcbm website um so we've been uh meg and i have kind of been just kind of working on that we have a um i have a host with uh or i have like a virtual server with um i think it's linode linode.com they've got um pretty good prices for for small servers and since we're we don't have like a lot of um we currently don't have a lot of traffic uh or listeners i mean our listener base seems to be around 60 or 70 listeners a month really Uh, yeah it's um it's a little hard so yeah so this is more information about the podcast that people who are listening might be interested in um what we do is we have uh, you know, we submitted the podcast to a couple of, I don't know what you call them, listing agents or description, uh, or like directories. So iTunes, obviously. Um, right. And Spotify, Spotify, and- Stitcher, Google, those are kind of the main ones. Um, it seems like if you list with iTunes and Google, then a lot of the smaller or other alternate podcast listing directories, they seem to just pick up their feeds from there and then they kind of suck you into it. Um, Cool. Google has another thing now. They have a new thing called Google pa- Podcast, which you can't actually submit to. It just finds your podcast on the internet and then it lists it. Um, it found us. It did. It found us. So we're on there, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so the website. So you. Uh, so I have a host. Um, I have a virtual website. So we run like a server on there, and we have a. Um, we use. Currently, we're using something to generate the website statically um, called, uh, I think it's called, it's called Hugo, which is a, written in, in a Go, the Google language Go. Um, and anyway, these are technical details people don't really care about. Um, but people someone might, might care. People might care, sure. Anyway, yeah. we use, we use uh, Hugo to um, generate the website, which means that uh, we run a script that then pulls in all of the individual postings um like the individual episodes that we create so we have like a document for each episode and then it tells it it basically lists out the file where the file location is on the server and then um, when we run the script it basically generates the website as you see it um and then when you go click on it you get the html pages served to you um and then it also has it automatically generates an xml feed that we kind of hacked up and created custom so that it would feed our podcast the way we want it to to whoever we want to submit it to. So um, I just think it's really, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Um, I think it's pretty fast. I think one of the things about the COVID-19 pandemic that may be an interesting fallout from this is it seems like a lot more people are doing podcasts or thinking about doing podcasts. And I think that's kind of great because I think that (laughs) the more the merrier, um, this sorry my cat just knocked over a box fan and it scared the shit out of everybody in the house <laughs> fucking cats there that's their yeah, thing well, the funny thing is he's deaf so it didn't startle him at all <laughs> he didn't care at all that's why he's like i'll make as much noise as i want um yeah, we hear you. 
Oh, but that's yeah, funny. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I just think it's really interesting. I'm, you know, because we basically bootstrapped this whole thing um, between you and I. Like we write the we write the pages or we write the posting documents every episode and then put that up on the server and then run the script. And then that generates the, um, the output that gets fed to the XML feed, um, which is how then you listen to us right now. If you're listening to this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It all works. And then, Oh, so the thing about the numbers, like how we get the numbers to know who is listening um, is it's, it's not easy. It's kind of complicated. So, each listing service has its own statistics kind of locked away. So like Google play, um, if you're listening to this on Google play, the only way I know like count you as a listener is when I go into the Google play like podcast interface and look at our statistics. And then, um, and it's the same for Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher. And, um, and so there's no way for me. And then, there's no way for me to know for sure how many people there are because it's kind of spread across. So I'm just kind of aggregating. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking at like, Oh, we have 15 over here in um, in Spotify and we've got, you know, another 10 over here in yeah. whatever. And then I have on the server, I have a script that basically reports the raw sort of usage of the, um, the actual episode files. So whenever someone listens to a file that gets streamed from the server, then I also get a counter that goes up. So I, so I don't know. And it does tell me it does differentiate between users sort of it. It basically what it does is it says, Oh, I think that's a different user because their IP address is different. Um, and we don't really log, like we're not logging, um, or I'm not logging like user information in the sense of like, Oh, Hey, we know all about you because we're doing cookies and things. I'm not doing anything like that. It's more just like when you hit the server, I just see like, Oh, I think you're a different user. Let's count you as a different user and up the tick. And so, yeah, it counts like a check mark. Yeah. And so as far as I can tell, looking at all of the data and kind of aggregating it together and, and doing a summation of it, it seems like we have an average of about 60 or 70 listeners every month um, who visit either the website or one of our sort of, I guess, affiliate listings or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then listen to episodes. And so I don't know. I it's, it's way more than I thought we would have ever, um, which is kind of cool. So wait a second. Didn't we record? Wasn't our, I think we posted our first episode in December, but we had recorded a bunch like through October in November, right? Yes, we our first our first listing is December first or second or something. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. We we had started recording before then, and then we were kind of like, oh, "Are we ready?" I what? So what we decided is that we thought when we go live, we want to make sure we already have a back catalog of about ten episodes. Right, in case we like f- find out this is harder than we thought or we can't keep up the pace or something. Yeah. Well, there were like, there was some reasoning. Like one of the things I thought was that um, my understanding is when new podcasts go into some of the listings, oftentimes they promote them as new podcasts. And so I wanted Ah. to make sure that we had some catalog available for listeners to view. So if they did like us, like I want them to be able to binge a little bit. My understand, like what I read and my own thinking was that um, when you, like people who listen to podcasts oftentimes like they like to kind of binge a little bit. Yes. Um, I certainly do. I certainly do too. Like once I kind of get into a thing, I'm like, I want to watch like more of that, that, that worked for me. Um, so I wanted yeah. to make sure we already had some ready to go so that people could 
like as soon as they found us could be like, oh, there's some other ones I want to listen to as well um, to get a better sense because a lot of our podcasts are like each one is kind of standalone and very unique. Like, oh, this one's kind of a rambly talk about the website and the podcast and another one might be like very poignant and ranty about design or how much we hate a particular thing or um, yes. you know whatever it is or so what just- did we decide to be like one of our taglines for our our podcast since we complained so much is was um narrow and hate focused narrow and hate focused yes yeah. <laughs> i saw a note i had made to myself about that the other that, day and that cracked great. me up i was like what is that about oh that's about me i wrote that about ourselves <laughs> yeah uh, um yeah so we uh uh man where did i go um yeah so the yeah so we really so, oh so the thinking was to have have a f- like a decent catalog already in place and then that way um you know listeners could be like yep let's do the thing i'll right. listen to some more um then so then uh that's why we didn't release right away. So we had recorded, I think 11 or 12 episodes before we started releasing, um, actually releasing them publicly. Yes. Um, and then I think we were ready to go live basically December 1st was like, we did so good. Yeah, we did really good. It was pretty impressive. Um, especially considering that like you have HD ADHD and I have like, I'm just kind of, well, scattered I, sometimes because I, I don't live anywhere near you and I have to go back and forth. We have actually pulled off a considerable amount of work. Yes, I have I have HD ADHD. It's in high def. Um, high def ADHD. Yeah, I definitely have um, uh, focus issues. Are Well, the weird thing about ADHD is that it's such a bad description of it. I don't have a deficit of focus. Like I, the problem is that I don't have any control over my focus. And once I'm focused on something, it's, it's really hard for me to let go. And so I will like hyper focus on something. And so when I can get that lined up with something I want to accomplish, like for instance, doing this podcast, it's super awesome because I can spend hours and hours like just working on it and like working at a very mm-hmm. like high rate of, you know, um, turnover or like efficiency and efficiency is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I don't like using that around being a human, but, um, Oh, <laughs> just because it's really interesting. Yes. I would agree with you. It, it, whenever you talk about efficiency and being a human, it's such a shitty expectation. It's like, Oh, you yeah. have to do this in the best way. I, I just, it's like people who are like, be rational. And you're like, you're not a rational thing. Stop pretending like you have a superior logic or rational right, or exactly. like, are, are more rational or more objectively removed intellectually from things than I am or anybody else's. Like human beings are not fucking rational. Neither is the planet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> like optimizing workflows and processes and things like that is great, but you can't do it under the assumption that you're going to shoehorn a human being into that right angle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, the, the thing about ADHD and, and kind of living with being the owner of a brain that is, um, yeah. In that exists in that sort of (laughs) state is that, um, because of the, because of the lack of, um, executive function like access to executive function like on a regular basis or like at a at a sort of neurotypical level um a lot of times it's hilarious but sometimes it's like really really like upsetting but um yes but you know because it's funny because it's like it's living with somebody who has like zero willpower not like 
a little bit of willpower or like they're kind of weak willed. It's like, no, you have none. So everything I do has to work around the fact that I don't have willpower. Um, I wonder if willpower is like a totally made up thing. I, I mean, it could be absolutely. I mean, I don't want to get into the debate. Like I want to just kind of paint the picture of like what you traditionally think of willpower. It's like, Oh, I can have some self-control and yeah. I don't get to have that because when it comes time to use that, the part of your brain, the executive function in your brain um, is not available to me. It's after the fact and before the fact, I can think rationally all day long about why that was a stupid thing. But at the end of the day, I still end up coloring on the floor with a crayon when I'm three or when I'm like six in school and getting in trouble, even though before I did it, I thought about why it was a bad idea, told myself I shouldn't do it. And then two minutes later, found myself, you know, making a massive swath of color on the floor by my desk because I needed my crayon to be sharpened. Yeah. And I can't, and I can't afterwards, like when the teacher was like, why did you do this? I don't have any, like I can tell you why my brain decided it said, well, that's the best place to sharpen the crayon because I don't want to color on my, um, my piece of paper because that's where I'm going to do the drawing. And those are the two surfaces that are available to me right now, the floor or the paper. Yeah. And so not having the executive function to be like, Hey, let's think outside the box and go, you know, like it's also like it lends itself to like some weird tunnel thinking too. Right. Where that's where sometimes. Oh, I like that. Tell me about, tell me about tunnel thinking. Well, so like in that situation, my brain was like, Hey, I need this fixed. And this is the most stimulating thing to me. And what's the most immediate solution to this, which is to take this dull crayon and sharpen it by rubbing it on the floor. Right. And so I, before I did that, I was like, that's a bad idea. Let's not do that. And then I looked at the paper and I was like, well, I can't sharpen it on the paper. And then now I've lost executive function because my brain is like really understimulated and I'm not getting the dopamine needed to activate the normal, like the part that a neurotypical person would be like, yes, but this is a bad idea. I don't want to get in trouble. I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And either just like freeze for a moment. My brain was like, don't stop. I'm super hungry for dopamine. And the next thing that's going to do that is to sharpen this crayon. And even though I'd moments earlier looked at the floor and been like, that's a bad idea. My arm is already down there coloring. Right. And there's nothing like it's so I have to set up my life in a way where I avoid those traps as much as possible. It's kind of like when we did that episode where we were talking about, um, uh, like embedding failure. Yes. So that's something that I try to have in my life is a lot of space for failure because I know that I'm going to make those mistakes. I see. So, yeah. So to go with the, you know, the real world experience of having colored on the floor in the second grade or however old I was um, and getting in trouble for it. Like mm-hmm. now my house is such that it's like, well, make sure there's always b- scrap paper on hand when I'm handling crayons. Don't go over. If I'm going to color with crayons, don't bring just the piece of paper I'm going to color on. I need to make sure that I bring more paper so that the most immediate thing to sharpen the crayon with is not rubbing it on the floor again. Or just realizing that I'm going to rub on the floor and making sure that later when I'm thinking clearly again to buy some crayon cleaner or whatever or whatever you use to get crayon off the floor because which is probably more realistic like I'm not I I had limited success in in limiting the the catastrophes that I create I've gotten much better at just being able to clean up them after they're over um, which is Mm -hmm. exhausting I mean that's part of the thing that I struggle with now is it's a little bit exhausting to live with 
a person like who is yourself who is constantly undermining the things that you're trying to right. do. Yourself um, is undermining yourself. You're yeah. undermining future Ned. Yes, exactly. Um, um, I I think part of the reason we're friends is because if I was sitting next to you in that class, I probably yeah. would have like shielded you from view while you were scraping. <laughs> I'm mean, like, it's cool. I got you back because yeah. I just don't really see what the problem is with writing on the floor in the first place. Frankly. Right. I mean, that's one of the joys <laughs> of non toxic crayons. They're edible. <laughs> it's definitely. Fine. I think it's one of my joys of my friendship with you is that, or one thing I enjoy about our friendship is that oftentimes <laughs> when I'm doing something like ostensibly stupid like that, yeah. you, you immediately recognize how I got there. You're not, you're not <laughs> the one. What you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not the one being like, why would you do that? You get it. You're like, Oh buddy, I know like you didn't see the consequences. Let me help you skirt those if we can. But right. I get why you chose to do that thing right now. I'm also the like oppositional person where like if you did something like that and you colored on the floor, I'd be like, well, I mean, you told him not to, but also who puts a floor in a children's <laughs> classroom that can't be colored on? I mean, really? <laughs> Whose fault is this? <laughs> Whose fault is this? Why would you build a floor out of something you didn't want it to be colored on when you were teaching children in an elementary school? Right. Exactly. And also the non-toxic wax. And also you pay a janitor to wax that floor, I bet. So I'm yeah. really confused now. Yeah. And I, I mean... To be fair, like I was not so much in trouble as it was just I was I was always pretty lucky. Most of my teachers at that age um, liked me. You yeah, know, they weren't they weren't punitive. They were like, well, now you're going to have to clean it up. Like, let me you know, like, let's get this taken care of, um, which was fine. Like, I don't remember. It's not it's not a traumatic experience for me. That wasn't like and then I was grounded and beaten and, you know, all the other bullshit. Um, I got Grounded for two weeks. It might have even been more yeah. when I was like a little kid because I had just gotten a white bikini with red polka dots on it. And I did not want to have to go inside because like in the summertime up in the northern hemispheres, like in the upper latitudes. Yeah. Um, the summer is super duper long. And so it's like it's well past your bedtime, little child. Uh, you need to come inside even though it's still light outside and all and like the big kids in the neighborhood are out playing. Right. And so I didn't want to come in. So I just ran away from home in my bikini. That is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I just won't be found. If you are going to make me take off my bathing suit uh -huh. and come in the house, then I'm not coming in the house. I'm just going to hide. And so I like hid behind our garage for <laughs> like a while. And then I got in really big trouble because my mom knew that I did it on purpose. And so at like five years old, I got grounded for two weeks that's in hilarious. the height of summer. Oh, that's rough. That is all the kids were outside. I could hear them outside. That's excessively and I could outside. punitive. Yeah. Hopefully my parents never listen to this because they'll be like, I want to dispute every anecdotal <laughs> fact that you brought up about this family. And then I'm going to have two like, weeks. It was like four hours. And <sighs> yeah, right. Uh -oh. They'll be like, it wasn't two weeks. It was five weeks. Right. And you were a bastard the whole time. <laughs> uh. oh, well. I, so I like, I totally, I, I think one of the other reasons we get along is that like, I don't know about you or to what degree, but on the scale of zero to 100, when people tell me not to do something, I'm right at a hundred going to do it. Um, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for me, a lot of it has to do with, <laughs> Uh, their intent. So mm -hmm. if I agree mm -hmm. with why it's n uh, if I agree with why I shouldn't be doing that, then fine. And if I don't, it's definitely really hard for me. Um, as an adult, I value 
or as I got older, I started to value um, like a relationship with people uh, or, yeah. you know, my relationships. And so if someone made a ridiculous <laughs> request, my immediate and my immediate re- reaction wasn't to then push up against that boundary and try and destroy it. It was oftentimes, though, I would oftentimes bring it up with them and be like, look, this seems silly, this rule that you're imposing on this relationship. Because right. um, I think I like on a sort of citizenship level i i respect laws even if they're ridiculous mostly because i as an adult i really agree with having sane social constructs that keep us safe with each other and allow they give us a certain amount yeah. of freedom that we can all be together you know yeah i mean i follow laws in that like they <clears throat> insofar as they are the supporting structure of a of essentially a social contract yeah yeah and i'm like yeah society's okay i don't mind it so we can not have it fall apart i mean i i'm also like a philosophical anarchist so i'm not always all about society but like i i definitely think but my like when it comes to um like i do not thrive in certain corporate environments if the corporate culture is one of um we're all driving towards this same goal and we have these policies in place to promote that, then I'm on board. But when you get to a certain level, there's these weird policies that it's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, especially the culture of having to be in an office nine to five when, when you're salaried and your job is fairly solo compared to like, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I work really well as a contractor is because I can, they can schedule my clients can schedule meetings all day long and all week long whenever they want them. I can be very available with a very little heads up. Um, and so from their point of view, they have very easy access to me and communication seems to be very good. You look like you're working 24 seven. Yeah. Or I, I mean, I am because you're available because I'm available. And then, yeah, but then I don't have to be in traffic to be there. And if I'm working, like if I get a bug in my butt about doing some project, I can work 15 hours on it because that's how I work. That's and they also don't have to, work. and they don't have to be like, well, you're only allowed to work eight hours a day or any of these other things, which I also understand why those rules are there in certain industries. When you were well, talking yeah, about labor and so selling people's time, they can't exploit people. They no. place an upper limit on how much exploitation can happen exactly. by limiting it to 40 hours a week. Yeah. But I mean, that just makes me like, uh, I, I bristle at, like I am absolutely repulsed by the notion that someone can control which eight hours of my day I work. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's, I, I think what I'm getting at is that it's pretty quickly easy for me to tell when I'm, when I'm working with somebody who, um, who wants to control my, like why, why they want to control my, my life. And if their, if their reason is to control for control's Mm -hmm. sake, then it's, we're done. But if their if their reasoning is like and and it's it's not like we have to have this debate. They have to explain to me why they want me to do something. It's really obvious to me. They ask me to do something, and I look at it, and I'm like, "You're just asking me this because you want to flex some control over me." Then I'm not right. going to do it, and we're done. Like I'm not. I have zero respect for you. If you're asking me to do this because this is the thing that you think is going to promote the goal or work towards the goal, then I have, I will do it. I'll be, you know, I'll show up nine to five for three weeks or whatever the fuck it is. If that's clearly like what needs to happen, 
Oftentimes right, you don't have to ask me. Sense, yeah. If it makes sense, obviously I'm going to do it because it's like, well, yeah, the reason for working during these hours precedes the working during the hours. So it follows that. Yeah. If a certain time of day is more optimized and that certain time of day happens to be while everybody else is like, let's all get together and work on this at the same time. Or it's essential that we have communication at the same time. For instance, uh, Damon works with some people in Belarus and they're like 12 hours different from us. And it works out great when it, but until it doesn't, when you're like, well, great, I finished a thing and now I have to sit and wait for 12 hours until these co-workers of mine on the opposite side of the planet wake up and do their work for the day and so in some cases it makes things really easy and in some cases it makes them impossible because you are building in half days of downtime because you don't have a choice mm-hmm. because you know right you're because of the time zone and and in some cases them. like we myself included i've like gone to sleep and then woken up in the middle of the night to have some kind of a conversation or do some work with people who are on a dramatically different timeline than i was Mm -hmm. or in a a time zone that was halfway around the world i mean that happened a lot when we were working on stuff for a and v but yeah um, and and i think um i i mean the flexibility though like the Make the policy around the thing that makes sense. Don't try to shoehorn things into yeah. a policy that doesn't actually come from anything other than an arbitrary decision that like, I need a, a willing pack of witnesses. Well, not even willing. I just need a pack of witnesses to the C-suite to prove that I actually deserve this corner office that nobody else can have. Because if if there's no audience to witness a corner office, does it make a sound? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. And I think... um I think one of the things I've I realized in the last 20 years of me working um as an independent contractor or as a consultant mm-hmm. was that um for a lot of for a lot of managers and this isn't any individual's fault like this seems to be a problem with the translation of a lot of times managers are one of their concerns is budgets and you know what things are costing and then they need they want what they want is some measure of output and how much it's costing them input wise and the only way they know how to manage humans is if their butts are sitting in seats if their butts are in seats they can say that was a that was a work day regardless of whether the output was the product that needed to happen sure or any output at all if if there wasn't any input there were there were days or weeks of my life where at my former day job that I was required to show up at at essentially the exact same time every day and be there for exactly eight and a half hours before I could leave regardless. Yeah. Like there were times where there was nothing going on in my job cycle and they were paying me to stand in an office in Edina for eight hours a day. Why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, it doesn't. Well, I'm not anymore. That's what yeah. I'm not because <laughs> exactly, it's right. and it doesn't quite make sense. And now all those people who work in that office have been on remote this whole time mm-hmm. because of COVID nineteen. And like, I was talking to one of my former coworkers, and I was like, "Now every the the big secrets out, the big lie is out. None of us actually have to show up in this horrible place to do any of this stuff for them to pay us." Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see as as things start to normalize, whatever the new normal is. What what the new industry standards look like as, as far as like butts and seats and things like that. Um, anyway, I, that it's kind of, it's a complicated issue, but, um, my, my rebellions have gotten, um, 
much more complicated as I get older and I'm much less likely to just be like, like immediately like bristling at someone trying to impose some rule or something. And I'm a little bit more nuanced about it. Um, I think, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Someone's One probably the- some, somebody I know is listening to this and be like, no, you're a fucking asshole. Like all you do is like rub up against me and like push me in the wrong direction. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's why we ended up on a podcast of our own. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how we've, we got here. We've painted ourselves into a corner of the internet where it's just us. We uh-huh. never have to listen to anyone. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it's great. It is great. What else about our website did we want to say? We we said a, a lot of technical things. I mean, aside from being like, here's a how-to to set up your own website for a podcast, which... We, yeah, I mean, we didn't... We yeah, we could do that at some point. Um, I... <laughs> I think the one thing that is a little bit weird about the podcast is it's there's very little it's really hard to get feedback. Um I don't know yeah. if we're not giving the right tools like whether we need to use some of these newfangled like comment systems or um <laughs> well, after how bristly we've been about things I wonder if anybody even has the guts to be like here's a suggestion. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck <you>. by name. <laughs> right. This person emailed us and told us they didn't like our podcast. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think... We wouldn't do that. I I actually, I was listening to a lot of our podcasts the other day for editing and, and like doing some uh, like sound changes and things. And uh, uh-huh. I don't think... We don't really seem to attack individuals too much. And I hope that's not how we come across because that's not... I don't... I, my personal feeling is like, I... Look... I love to throw stones in a glass house. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. So um, if I'm being critical of something that somebody said or something they did, I generally don't hold them to that as like, well, you said this, therefore you are that person that that is a person right. who says this. Um, I mean, eventually, if you continue to be that way, then at some point I'm just going to have to give up the ghost and be like, well, I guess that's who you are. But um, No, giving up the ghost means you have to die. Oh, well, whatever. Give, give up the, give well, up the, give I would up, rather whatever, die whatever. than argue with the person anymore. Yes, exactly. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. For that reference, go back. We didn't even cover that in the, um, idiom episode. We may have to revisit mm. idioms. I, there was someone else, a friend of mine, she was saying, I can't remember what it was now, but she was like, I can't believe you didn't talk about this idiom. Like I was waiting the whole episode. Uh-huh. Um, so we may have to, do that so i am getting a little feedback but she knows me so she just texted me directly um i guess i might as well count those but yeah emails like i that's the thing that i feel is missing from this endeavor is a good communication with the people who are listening um yes we've talked a little bit about the idea i one of the reasons i would like to try and promote that um so you can email us at uh, basically anything at fcbm.io, but you can email Dana at fcbm.io. She's our um, executive assistant. Our super amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Our EAE. EAE. Um, or I think we just have contact at fcbm.io. Anyway, it's on our website. If you go to fcbm.io, you can pick up our emails. Um, I was going to promote that, or I was thinking about promoting that because we could do... Um, we have so few listeners that if anyone who's listening to this is like, Hey, we want to be anybody who enjoys our show is like, Hey, I'd like to, you know, have a chat with you guys on the podcast. Like we're at that level right now where we could do that. Um, yeah, we totally could. Well, I mean, if all of a sudden 60 people turn around and were like, get me in line, I'm ready. Then we may have to, uh, think about, be like, wow, that. that's a whole year and a year and some's worth of 
like hey, a year and a sixth. Right? Yeah. Um, guests of the realm. Guests of the realm. Yeah. But um, I do like also the fact that a lot of the people we're trying to interview or we do interview are just people that we know or might might have opinions about things. Um, yeah. I, I kind of don't, not not because I wouldn't want to meet people. I mean, there are certain people I'd love to meet who are famous, and I would not say no if they were like, I'm going to be on your podcast and be like, okay. But I'm not, I don't have a strong feeling like, man, someday our podcast is going to be amazing and we're going to be interviewing all kinds of famous people. I don't know that that's really our goal with this. I think our goal is more about yeah. um, just kind of wading into the world of art and design and talking about our ideas around it, um, which is again how we got to the website i forgot i'm really rambling here the emails it's all good. i just was thinking about engaging with the listeners and the people who listen and follow the podcast um i would super invite them to get in touch with us if they have ideas or thoughts because we would want to promote them and although we are quite critical about things on the podcast um on an individual level there are no there are definitely no stupid ideas. The stupider the idea, the better. Believe me. Um, oh yeah, we we're all over the place. I mean, yeah, there's like I no. think we're open to just about anything unless it's causing active harm to somebody, which is like yes. my beef with this fucking trailer park. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't really right. give a shit what people buy and sell real estate. I think the repercussions of this particular ongoing saga have proved more than detrimental enough to be like, okay, stop. Right. Like whatever yeah. you're doing. And it, would, it should have been the city of St. Anthony that did that, and they didn't. But, like, I mean, I don't, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. That's, whatever, yeah. If it's your thing, as long as you're not that real estate company, you're cool by me. Uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever. whatever. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. It's unimportant. Sure. Like, yeah. whatever. Um, We're just... Just doing the yeah. things. Uh, We're just doing things. Yeah, so um, the website has got... Uh, I one of the things I was thinking about doing with the website that maybe we could look at today, um, mm-hmm. although the listeners, you'll have to just see how this comes out. Is we might actually do um, some blogging on it because it's it's also set up to do that. Um, oh, because I was thinking that some of the things we talk about have visual components. So, for instance, um, to talk about the website, Chris did amazing. He's he's on I think design two and three and four maybe, and possibly hmm. he's also on yes. the one. Um, the one called if Meg were here, um, yes, because you weren't here. And so Chris and I had to do it by ourselves, which was awful, but we managed to get through it somehow. Um, you get a gold star. Yeah. So Chris did all of the graphic design stuff, which I think is super hilarious and fun. Um, and I wanted to maybe do the blog, the blog posts because I think people might be interested in seeing his process. And so we could actually post Mm. the sort of intermediate images that he created or some of the ones that we ended up not choosing or just even just a little bit of information about that process um, might be, might be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, I do too. So that's something that would take a little bit of work, but um, between the two of us, we could probably get it done and then, um, and then we could just do kind of random updates on there as well if people are interested to see what, like if we have written information or like visual information we want to share, like media beyond audio. Yeah. Um, so. I really like this idea. Yeah. I There's also, um, I've been wanting to look into the podcast format some more. There's also like a, su- supposedly like it's starting to support um, client so podcast consuming clients are starting to support things like video feeds as well. 
hmm. um, which is something we could do, which also makes me think maybe they also support images. I'm not sure. Um, you use an RSS reader on your phone. I do. You use Feedly or who, what do you use? Usually. I use Feedly, yes. Yeah. And so um, like the podcast shows up as a feed, an RSS, the podcast itself is an RSS feed. Um, and currently we've really just cur- like catered to the sort of classic podcast feeds like iTunes or the feed providers like iTunes and um, yeah, and Stitcher and Google Play and uh, what's it? Spotify. Um, but some of the, like if you're using Feedly or something, then you would also, if we had images with our podcast posts, then you would see those. That would be fun. Cause it there's be a fun. couple of things where it would be cute to be able to post like just a photo of like, here's that thing we were talking about. Yeah. And this is where, this is like one of those design issues with, um, especially things like this where there's not a standard. And so iTunes kind of sets the standard only because they are so popular with podcast, mm-hmm. like people who listen to podcasts, um, or they kind of started the whole podcast movement um, by providing that in the first place, and then um, that is a platform where a lot of people go to find find the content that they want to listen to. So sure. they sort of de facto sort of set some of the standards, um, and I don't know that they support video and um, and images, so their feed is so if we go branch off and do this other thing it's like that's cool but if there's not actually that many people consuming it um or even it's it becomes less accessible is my point um one of the reasons i targeted the itunes particularly making sure that we were very itunes compatible was because then that meant we were accessible from a wide audience point of view um yeah which because i'm not my assumption isn't that there's everyone in the world wants to listen to this podcast. My, my hope is that everyone who would want to listen to this podcast would find it easily accessible. Um, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I've been kind of looking at things and like, that's, that's how I weigh the idea of whether it makes sense to even try and do the exploration of this newer concept of technology of like, you know, having an RSS feed that also does this other stuff. Um, sure. So, yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, it's interesting. So um, I'm reading a book called Design for the Real World, which I might have mentioned on one of the prior podcasts, but yeah. called Design for the Real World, Human Ecology and Social Change by Victor Poponik. And it's the second edition, completely revised. Um, so... For those people out there who may listen because we are in the category of design, I will actually have some thoughts on that soon. And it won't be vague either. It'll be from the one of the godfathers of design. So The godfathers. That'll be fun. That'll be... Um, one of the world's most widely read books on design. Really? Yeah. In this edition... That's why I bought it, actually. Uh-huh. Um, in this edition, Victor Papanik examines the attempts by designers to combat the tawdry, the unsafe, the frivolous, the useless product, once again providing a blueprint for sensible, responsible design in this world, which is deficient in resources and energy. Oh, that'll be interesting. It's right up my uh, alley. Oh, that was from um, when we uh, when we did that lecture that uh, yes. Chris told us about. Yes, design from UCSD, the UCSD design uh I think wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a uh, like a webinar, um, yeah. and they had uh, what's his name? He was, um, I think he wrote 
uh, the design of everyday things. Yes, I think he. Yeah, Don Norman. Don Norman, yeah. right? And Victor Papanik is the one that wrote what I'm reading. But yeah, Don Norman's really cool. I thought. Yeah, I enjoyed I, a lot absolutely. Of what he said. Yeah. He was like old school design dude. He was, yeah. I mean, he still is. He's still he's still he's still alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was in the lecture. That's how he, that was the part that he played. Um, right. I can't speak to who or how he is right at this moment because I can't see him. But um, that's yeah. A, I that makes me think of since we're really in the rambly mode anyway. I was thinking about um, in the book um, "Strangers in a Strange Land," um, which I think is by Robert Heinlein. Yeah, by Heinlein. Yeah. Um, in that book, there he describes they have a particular name they're like observers or something they're they're humans or they're like there's not really aliens in this book there are but they're from mars and you know they don't really have a major role anyway Mm -hmm. um one of the main characters is this rich guy and he has this sort of kind of like a lawyer but she's not a lawyer what she does is she is like a witness and then she describes what it means to be it's kind of like a um like we have notaries so it's kind of like yes. being a notary, um, as she describes it, which is that you, um, you're sort of certified to give testimony as to what you res- you observed, and then she talks about how, um, how important it, like what her observations are and how factual they are. So, for instance, I think in the book she kind of describes, she's saying like, you know, we're standing in this living room and the front door is open, and I can see out the front door down there is a red car on the street. And um, that's all right. Well, someone will put up with it. So she describes. So she says, but then when the door is closed and I was if I'm asked if if the door is open and I see the red car and then if the door is closed and it's two minutes later or even a second later and someone says, was there a red car on the street? I I, I won't say there's a red car. I don't know. The door was closed. I could not see the red car. The point being is that you don't ever report anything other than it factually what you know you don't report speculation yeah that would be nice in and and in common sense it's like well of course there's a car there because there's no way for that car to have moved in the moments when the door was shut and it being there but that's not actually true right and and from her point of view as far as soon as the door is closed we could be sitting inside a spaceship and i have no idea what's on the other side of that door that's un you know I, yeah. From a from a practical point of view, that's really unrealistic, and you probably shouldn't assume that. But from a point of view of like reporting facts, that's the facts. You don't know. I couldn't see outside the door. I have no evidence to suggest that there's anything outside the door. Um, well, yeah, I like I think of that as like the so if you say okay, you're looking through an open doorway, right? And you're like, yep. And what do you see out there? Oh, I see a car. And then you shut the door, and you're like, what do you see now? I just see a closed door. But is that car still out there? The pragmatic answer is yeah it's still there it was just there a second ago what do you mean just because you shut a door that has no bearing on the existence or placement of a car outside of it right right object permits right but like quantum physics would be like that may not even be an assemblage of atoms making up a car tomorrow right exactly (laughs) (laughs) um why did I? Why? why and did I have I, an equal appreciation for both of those viewpoints. Yes, exactly. Right. Just, be, <laughs> just being even aware of that. Yeah. Both of these things are true. <laughs> well, um, 
we've been talking about strange things and podcasts and yeah unscrupulous real estate companies and what else uh, websites a little bit websites that's all a lot of stuff. Oh, crayon writing and crayons. Writing and crayons on the floor. Yes. Perfectly reasonable place to sharpen a fucking crayon. You're right, exactly. Perfectly defensible position. Uh, yeah, I I mean <clears throat> think of all those people who used to like use their tongue to wet their paintbrushes and then they ingested all of those heavy metals that they used to make paints out of uh, and they yeah. went right? Nobody was telling them not to write on their own tongues. Right. Which maybe they should have. But um, well, maybe they should have, but then we wouldn't have all that great art, right? (laughs) So take that for what it's worth. Yes, definitely. All right. Um, (laughs) Are we? Should we call it call it good? What are we going to call this podcast? I don't think we ever really. I don't know. Yeah, we should. We should just call it that. I don't know. I don't know with a long drawn out. Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, it's sealed. It's sealed. It's sealed. That's that's done. It's written in stone. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. One thing that made me think of, uh, there's an episode of, well, several episodes of Arrested Development where um, Amy Poehler's character marries Will Arnett's character and they were for a time married in real life uh-huh. and in the, but it no longer are. And in the show, the, the reason cited for their marriage was that it was the culmination of a night filled with a series of escalating dares. <laughs> That's right. And I, well, I, well, I don't ever expect to like get married as a result of a series of escalating dares. I think a series of escalating dares is also partly why we're friends. Yes, right. <laughs> or not far off. Yeah, not far off. Yeah, that's definitely, um, we definitely have that, that, uh, relationship from time to time where it's <clears> like, should I do this? I'm in support of you doing that. You should definitely great, be I'm doing that. It. Yes, great. I'm going. <laughs> I dare you not to do it. I dare you not to do it. I, I, I can't respond. Like I'm so bad. So if somebody tells me not to do something, I immediately want to do it. Even if it was not something I had ever considered prior to that. Uh huh. And then also, uh, escalating dares are, I'm super susceptible to that. Really? <laughs> like if there's ever anything you want me to do, be like, I dare you not to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just doing it. That's pretty awesome. Maybe that's like there's a tip for living well in hell. Yeah. Except a deer once in a while. Right? Just get in on there. Just double yeah, down. Do it. Just do, do it. it. Double down. Double down. The next time somebody says something crazy to you, don't just take it at face value. Double down on that shit and then do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I want a full report of how that goes for you, whoever you are. Uh-huh. Yes, please, by all means. Um you can email my assistant, Dana. Dana at FDBM.io. Yeah. And she's really great. Um, she's one of the great people that I know in my life. So, um, man, we are lucky that we got her as an executive assistant. I can't believe we actually yeah. managed to swing that. Well, either we're way cooler than we think or she's got nothing going on. I don't know. I but She's got so much going on. That's clearly, obviously, I don't, I look, I don't know. I feel like those just, it's not a binary situation here. Um, It's not one of those two things. There's got to be something else going on here. There's something about this, this podcast. That's just, (laughs) what does it all mean? Yeah. Anyway. um, (laughs) 
Are you thirsty? You look like you could use a drink of water. I'm not fucking dehydrated. <laughs> oh god. Um yeah, that is definitely a reference to a thing that thing in the desert. Um which we've Sorry. at some point we're gonna talk about that. Um but I think we're still Yeah. I think we're still moratorium on that until next year. Um I'm I still have like a I haven't been let out of my iron lung yet. I'm still recovering. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll get there. Um I mean, I it's it's weird because I I think sometimes when we make reference to it, it's so vague um when we're talking about it that most of the people I think who listen to this podcast are probably people we know from the thing in the desert. Um mm, or friends yeah, or, who know us. Um, or friends who know us well enough to know about that. Yeah, but um we can we'll visit it i it's not it's not very exciting honestly um no it's just another thing we like to bitch about yeah but i i'm trying to be so, so kind of speaking on the the thing about the podcast one of the things that i try to be really conscious of is not um not getting too far into like really really like inside jokes with you while we're broadcasting the podcast without explaining yeah. them i mean i don't i love to like right. these aren't inside jokes where it's like oh you don't get to know it's secret these aren't secrets like i'm not trying to like keep them from people but i always want to make sure um that they're explained because i don't want i don't like the idea of alien like this is a very inclusive podcast for sure i don't want this to be exclusive or people to feel alienated about whatever the fuck we're talking about so mostly because i that's like you talk about what if the we're things- talking about aliens well, then, then you should be absolutely alienated. That's like, the, you know, I, right. Okay. There are no hard and fast rules. Um, things are real loose and fungible. Uh, if you, if you listen to any episodes, you probably already realize that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't fucking cool. know. You tell me. It's your, it's your fucking idea. It was not. Was it? <laughs> No, actually, well, so that's one of the reasons. Maybe that's why we got Dana in the first place is because this was her idea. It actually was her idea. Yeah. So if this all goes to shit, it's credit. her fault. Um, she's got a lot <laughs> she of life. That's you should get credit. Working. Right. Actually, see, I'm on to her. That's why she agreed to be the executive assistant in the first place is because she knows how much liability she's holding, and so she make she needs to make sure it works out. Right. Because if this doesn't work out, I mean, it's her fault. It's all on Dana. Yep. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks it's, for listening. Uh, still a quarantine, everybody. Yep. Wash your hands. Yeah. Nah. Also, keep your face mask on so you don't get other people sick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Seriously. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Ah, okay. Bye. Okay.